Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian and this is going to be another kind of special episode. I haven't done this for, wow, I want to say like maybe two or three years, maybe even longer, but I have a very special guest. This is an internet friend of mine and we've actually debated movies in the past and it just came to that point where I was like, hey man, do you want to just do a show because it actually just makes sense to talk about this stuff instead of tweeting about it or DMing. So everyone, I would like to welcome Che to the show. Che, man, how are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, talking about a movie that I love. There you go. Get, get to be on a podcast for the first time. I've nice. You know, it's pretty exciting for me. So like your show, and you know, especially getting to talk about horror movies, which is my favorite category. So right. I'm just excited to be here. No, man, I'm glad you were able to take the time. I know we scheduled things out for a while, so it, t- it took a little yeah. bit because your schedule is tough. My schedule is tough, but I just really enjoy talking about movies. But as I've told you in the past on, you know, on the interwebs, I am not a big fan of talking in long discussions about movies when it comes to being on the internet. Now, I know you're a little bit different. You actually seek out things that you want to talk about and you'll make comments on on posts and you'll get into big discussions with people. I I don't honestly know how you can do that. (laughs) So I honestly, the reason I do it is just because I see so much, like I see so many freezing cold takes about so many movies that like I let the first, hundred thousand go by and then finally it comes to a point where there's just a straw that breaks the camel's back and then i'm just like okay bro come on like and it's not you necessarily oh no like most of your takes are pretty good if i'm being honest but like i'll see someone say something and i'm just like did you okay and then i'll get into a long discussion about it and then they'll they'll get heated about it right and i'm like listen bro i've been a fan of this whatever for 20 years you've been alive for 15 just stop (laughs) like well, that's so you stop. That's <laughs> what I want to let me ask you. And, and I don't know if you'll have an example of this, but I would really love to hear it. Has there ever been a time where you've actually changed somebody's mind? And I, I'm not even talking about necessarily opinion, but if there's even a fact that you've told people where they're like, that's not true, or I don't believe that or something like that. Has there ever been a time where that's happened to you? Oof. Uh, well, um, yes, uh, okay. there's been a couple of facts that I've proven to people they're very um off the wall and uh random facts that <laughs> don't really uh but as far as um convincing someone to like something mm-hmm. um i know i did oh man what did i just have my girlfriend watch um horror movie or something else it was a horror movie okay. And she was like oh i don't think i'm going to like this and then i had her watch it and she was like oh that was actually really good Hmm. oh and we saw it in theaters so it was recent i've just seen so many movies recently and it wasn't screen Uh, five no uh her and i actually have different opinions on that one okay um yeah um i want to say it wasn't a quiet place because that was a couple years ago it wasn't trying to think of horror movies that what like antlers maybe or something her and i uh yeah, we we did talk about antlers, and typically what happens is it's not necessarily to the point where you said where it's like I changed somebody's mind completely on something, mm-hmm. but a lot of times what happens is I'll see a movie either with somebody or I'll see the same movie as somebody, and then, you know, 
obviously everyone's going to get something different from a movie, but I tend to just get really, really different things from movies than other people get. Or I notice like really small things and don't notice like the very obvious thing. (laughs) And someone's like, how did you not notice that? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was focused on this one thing that nobody else noticed. You know what I mean? Sure. Yep. So it's more stuff like that. So like, like, uh, like when it came to antlers, like we were kind of both like, oh, well, it was, mm, eh. yeah, but right. uh, then uh, I kind of brought up the whole, well, in, you know, Native American culture, it's, you know, it's actually a bad this, the depiction of the one to go for it to have I gotcha. antlers. Sure. So, okay. gotcha. um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, then bringing that up, she was like, oh, I didn't, you know, thinking about that, you know, that that detracts from the movie, et cetera. Gotcha. So, gotcha. All right. So you can't think of anything. From a actual like internet perspective of someone you don't know, though, changing their opinion on something. No, a lot of it, I, I guess, because of a, a lot, I come off pretty hard headed with a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I got <gotcha. laughs> Because I, I go pretty hard whenever I'm just checking my notifications on Twitter right now to see if I, I've got any hot. Hot takes. Like, uh, yeah, hot takes that someone had. Because most of them have been about the Super Bowl recently. So oh, that's why sure. I'm. Gotcha. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'm a bad person to talk to about that. I have a lot of sports I like, but I don't really follow American football. So that's a little bit different for me. All right. Well, let's. I, I just want to check in general. I think we've got a plenty to talk about with this movie. So we might oh, as well. I agree. Yeah, we might as well start with this. So for anyone, if you didn't read the title for some reason, we're going to be talking about Train to Busan. I, this is a South Korean zombie movie or zombie film from 2016. It's about an hour and 58 minutes long. And we both, I mean, we're going to spoil it right here. I mean, we're both fans of this movie. Very this big. isn't, Very it's not going to be a debate, you know, on like, oh, I like this and you don't like this. And we're trying to change each other's opinion. We, we really like this movie. So we're going to be on the same side of that. But there are definitely some issues that I have with the movie. I don't find it to be exactly perfect. But what we started to talk about off air and, you know, we want to save it for the actual show is that it actually brought me back into zombies a little bit because I think and I I could be just speaking for myself and please jump in here if, if I don't speak for you on this one. But it really felt like for a while that there was a lot of zombie uh, fatigue, you know, in films. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, the only only the only zombie movie that I can think of that I really enjoyed before Train to Busan mm-hmm. came out, like most recent one would probably have to be uh i i really like zombie land and that sure. was at least um let's see that was 2009 so that was seven years at right. least right so yeah. um yeah i yeah. mean that being said this was zombie this was, land was yeah look zombie land was for me yeah it was humor i mean Shaun of the dead too you know very humor based this movie right. is not a humor based zombie movie so it was not at all not at all so it was one of those things, and I mean, there are parts you can laugh at for sure, but in general, it was not in that comedy zombie way. And it, it really was, and still, like even now, they have the TV show Day of the Dead. They're still doing The Walking Dead. They're going to be finishing that up soon, thank God. I mean, I can't even. Right. I, can't I don't know how it. they're still doing it. I, I don't know, and I almost want to tune in just for the ending. Because I, I think it's like three parts probably or something. I want to tune in just to see all the stuff that I don't know and just <laughs> yeah, see how what lost they do. we'd be. Yeah, I, I think that would actually be pretty fun. So I might actually do something like that. But in general, there haven't been like 
I like some really obscure, I would say really obscure, dumb zombie movies, like the kind that they would show on sci-fi. I, I do uh, enjoy, I like, some of those are fun. They're not good, but they're one of those things that I can, I can get through. And then I don't know if, uh, you, we won't have a big discussion on it, but have you watched, uh, what's the name of the new Netflix uh, South Korean zombie uh, TV show? Uh, oh, All of Us Are Dead. Have you watched that yet? No, but I actually, that was on my like next, that and Hellbound are yes. like my next two to watch. So, so I have, I have a uh, Hellbound, I have the manga uh, that was just put out in English. So I have that that mm. I'm going to read first, then I'm going to watch the show. And then I started oh. All of Us Are Dead. I'm on like the third episode, but it still kind of follows the same tropes that this movie also followed and that most zombie movies follow. And that's what I'm getting a little tired of again is I kind of want people to skip the intro parts. The tropes. Yeah. I, I, I want something different. I want a different story to be told about zombies because I, I'll tell you why. And I, I want to ask you the same thing. I'll, I'll just start on this. The reason why I like zombie movies it's not even that i necessarily like zombie movies i like the concept of zombies i i think it's the most realistic form of horror when it comes to monsters you know what i mean monsters vampires all that kind of stuff zombies are more realistic to me because there could legitimately be some type of an infection that could do something like that right we we know what right yeah. yeah we know what rabies are we know how that affects things like that's a that's a pretty quick jump. And you know how, like, I mean, shoot, I mean, just in, you know how there, in Florida, there was the whole bath salts epidemic yes, where people right. were going around eating people. I mean, that was, I mean, just one drug alone caused, I mean, zombie-like symptoms. Exactly. I mean, how, yeah, zombie-like how, behavior. How, how, right. Yeah, how... How big of a stretch really is it for you to say, oh, well, the government could create something that would make zombies? You know, how yeah. how big of a stretch is it that that could be created. It's not at all. With all the pharma companies, with everything. I mean, come on, we already know about COVID, right? So, right. I mean, anything can be created, anything. And who wouldn't, if you think about it just in the general term, if a army or if a government was able to use a zombie-like virus on a different country, mm-hmm. why would they not want a uh, an infection that would kill its own people? Right. It's turning. Exactly. Yeah. It's turning their own attackers against their own people. So it risks zero for them. Exactly. Except for a spread, of course, as long right. as it's not airborne right, 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 or right. something like that. But if right. you're quarantined a con- and, you know, we, we won't talk about Peninsula on on this show, <laughs> but the sequel to Train to Busan kind right. of follows that, you know, they they've quarantined all of Korea. So we'll we'll get to that, you know, towards the end or whatever. But now, how do you feel? about zombies in general is it something that you you know do you enjoy the concept are you completely sick of it what what are your thoughts um i am either it depends really on the day mm-hmm. but in general i'm kind of tired of them sure uh and because i can't after you know the original uh night of the living dead and then you know once it came to the dawn of the dead Preferably for me, honestly, the Zack Snyder version. Um, yeah, surprisingly, actually, I'm with you. I actually thought that was uh, a good remake. Yeah, yeah, I actually that that was that was my uh, 
accidentally muted myself there. For <laughs> I a was second. about to say, I was like, Jay disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I clicked the mute thing on accident. Sorry gotcha. about that. No worries. Uh, but no, um, I was like, oh yeah, zombies, because after all the good zombie movies that have been made, I think it's going to take someone genius to come up with something new yeah. and not retreading the tropes that have always been there since the original. I right. mean, yeah, they, there have been little changes here and there as far as, you know, okay, well, in Night of the Living Dead, you know, they were shambling zombies yes. that were stupid and sure. couldn't do anything. Well, then you get 28 Days Later where right. they're fast as hell yep. and they're vicious and they're going to rip you to shreds in seconds. And okay, yeah, that's a difference, but Overall, you still got this. And yeah, it was a major difference at the time. Mm -hmm. But then everyone started doing fast zombies and it became a trope. Yes. And then there was the I mean, Shaun of the Dead even did semi semi sentient zombies. Right. Mm -hmm. Where right, I right. mean, so it's going to take someone that has his in my opinion. And honestly, I think South Korea is probably the best in terms of not doing this. Most filmmakers are just filmmakers. Um, like, I think a horror movie would be best if it were directed by a horror movie fan that was a director. Do you know sure. what I'm saying? Oh, no. I, so, I absolutely understand. Right. So someone that understands what makes a movie scary is going to do better than someone who just wants to make a good movie that's making a horror movie. True. Um, I can I can see. So in my opinion, I I honestly think, you know, that's why I think, you know, Train to Busan is so good. It mm -hmm. does have its issues that we will talk about. Um, I, I I'm interested to hear what yours are, because I have two to three that t t ones that come to the top of my mind. Sure. Um, but as far as I think South Korea typically. um not expands upon, but kind of diverts from those tropes a little bit, at least. Um, or they, they, if they don't do that, they at least don't go all in on just like um, a subject, you know, sure. whether it be zombies or vampires or oh, whatever yeah. it is. Right. There's some sort of underlying, whether it be heartfelt, whether it be, you know, some sort of story that, you know, a viewer can connect with. And, exactly. and that that's part of what makes Train to Busan so good. And in my opinion, that's what makes South Korean filmmakers in general tend to do very well as far as making, well, horror movies and drama movies, it yep. seems to be. And I would say I would add Japanese in there as well. Yes, yes. For sure. I would. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Nope, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. When we, when we talk directly about Train to Busan. Now, I don't even know this. Is there a dubbed version of this movie? I do not think there is because I I tried to get my girlfriend to watch it with me yeah. and she she has um, bad eyes so she has to wear glasses oh, and okay. she typically doesn't want to wear glasses when she's watching TV right okay that's just kind of like double you know yeah it's um, a pain. right right yeah I got you so she's like you know I don't want to try to read it and watch it at the same time I was like well I get that because you know I can actually see it you know right right um and read the words just fine. Um, so I, I don't think there is cause I tried okay. to find one, couldn't find one, ended up watching it while I got tattooed instead. Ah, there you go. Right. Yeah, actually, uh, you know what? Why don't you tell people what you got a tattoo of right now? Um, I actually got a cover up 
Um, I originally had a knife on my uh, forearm that had it was it was the scream knife, but the tip what? of it was like blown out and like not pointy, and there was ghost face in the blade. Gotcha. So instead of that, I got a complete cover up of the blade, and instead I got ghost just ghost face himself. There you go. There um, you go. So so we know really excited about that. I want to let people know we're dealing with an actual fan here. You know what I mean? Like oh, we're, yeah. We're dealing with someone who horror is such a big part of their life that they're willing to put it on their body. So oh, I have a scream tattoo. I have a scary stories to tell in the dark tattoo. Oh, wow. I have yeah. a Friday the 13th tattoo. I have um, I think that's all the movie related ones I have so far. But and, I'm and you have yeah. a girlfriend, too. She's not afraid. Yeah. Not afraid of yeah. a person who has put that kind of stuff on their body. Exactly. <laughs> that's a keeper right there. That is that is a keeper. Damn that's awesome. Right. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. So, yeah. So, just so everyone is is aware. So, yeah. I think just to let everyone know, you will have to watch with subtitles. Now, personally, that doesn't bother me. I actually, because I've been doing this for so long of watching anime, you know, Japanese. Oh, yeah. Korean, whatever. I, I actually put subtitles on for everything now because I'm just so used to it. You know what I mean? I, I just, actually, yep. Yeah. I grew up, my dad, my dad grew up watching subtitles, so I just always put subtitles even if it's like in english and yes, i can hear it right. perfectly i put subtitles on yep like that's the exact <laughs> same thing yep so yeah i i'm totally with you and we don't know what a dub version of this is like most of the time dub versions especially when you're talking about like straight to netflix shows and stuff like that you know everyone knows the whole story behind squid game and how the subtitles don't really match what they're actually saying right. so you you lose some of that you know intelligence and storytelling because of that. So for everyone, just, you know, go ahead for people that don't have eye vision problems and stuff like that. Make sure you just watch it subtitles and I think you'll still enjoy it. But I, I think in 2016, I would say I, you know, like we, we were talking about, I was, I was pretty much out. I was just like, I don't want to watch any more zombie movies. I, I don't think that this is going to work out as well, but I gave it a shot. And it goes back to what you said about connection. I think that's the biggest part of Train to Busan is they did such a very good job with all the different types of characters and how you connected with them. Now, they're not necessarily, you know, the most original characters, but they don't have to be. No, because in my opinion, and this is this is one of my hot takes, I guess, uh, just philosophy wise. Um I don't think there can ever be another original opinion, whether you think it's original or not. I mean, with how many people that have lived on the planet, you know, it may be original to you, but it's not original in general. So, like, you may you may come up with something that these people haven't seen before. But you know what? Someone 100 years ago had that in their mind. So uh, I'm kind of on that train where I, I agree with you. They don't have to be, you know necessarily original but as long as they're some sort of fresh you know i don't want to see the same exact thing every time right right and that's i mean i think they do a a pretty good job with that if we go through the characters like off the top of your head you've got that workaholic disconnected father right you've got the neglected daughter you've got the you know the businessman that you hate you know who's played uh so well in this movie oh yeah he's 
played fantastically. I mean, you hate him throughout oh, the whole movie. The that whole just means he's a great fucking, actor. Yeah, the whole fucking movie, you just despise this guy. You've got, you know, the lackey train staff guys. You've got the teenagers on the baseball team. You've got the cool husband with the pregnant wife. Uh, you know, the homeless man, the train conductor. And you've got those two older sisters, too, which kind of add in that whole family dynamic as yeah. well. And I will I will say, as far as zombie movies go... Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the two older sisters and the baseball team, you know, barring what I said earlier, is fairly a, an original thing because, sure. you yeah. know, th- w- um, the two older sisters, I mean, they will get there, but, you know, they don't do a whole lot, but they do bring that connection, like you yes. said. Right. And the baseball team, well, they do stuff. But there's, you know, one one particular baseball player that also brings connection. Yes. Um, to 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 people uh, that you know are watching that have spouses or whatever. You yeah, know, there's yeah. just there's a connective character for just about every type of person in this movie, and yeah, that's why much. I think that it, yeah, I I can't find someone you know who could not relate to somebody in this movie. Right. And I think one of the big issues with so many movies, especially a movie like this, which technically was a one-off, you know, if you don't count, you know, the sequel and stuff like that. And really, you shouldn't count the sequel anyways because, you know, look, I think most people that are going to listen to this already know the movie. They've already watched it. So you're not really spoiling anything. None of these people really survive for the next movie. So it's one of those things where... And not, I'm not saying everybody dies, but the people don't come back, you know, that that make it. So it's a one-off movie, but you're able to establish a connection. And I think that's the problem with most horror movies. You know, I just – I don't want to get into a whole conversation because I might do a show on it at some point. But I watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix because I like to torture myself because I'm a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. And I just – I watched it and you go – There is absolutely no character development here. You don't care about any of the characters. Uh If anything, you want – well, the thing is there's actually character development when you want a character to die. You actually don't – these characters are so boring and vapid. You don't even care if they die. And that's That's a good – that's a good point. You know what I mean? So – there yeah. were only two characters in that that I was like actively like, yeah, they should die. Right. And the right. others, I was like, okay, they're dead and that's it. Yep, that's it. Just done. It's one of those, I'm glad you watched this so you understand what I'm saying. It's just, it's one of those things where so many horror movies have so, and that's actually why I like a lot of the longer form Netflix shows, like another South Korean uh, TV, uh, sorry, TV show, another South Korean Netflix show, Sweet Home, which I fucking love. That over a space of hours, you have so much character development and so much connection there that you find those people that you love and those people that you hate. And even and then they they change because sometimes you stop liking a character because you find out something about them. All that kind of stuff is very important. And I think that's what's been lost in the the storytelling of horror movies of late is that Uh, there isn't that connection part. Do you agree with that? Oh, a hundred percent. There's, there's just, I mean, just take the previous X amount of horror movies that have come out in films or in theaters recently. And you can just see that. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I know we're not talking about scream, but scream probably did it the best. I mean, maybe Halloween kills. Oh, uh, no, not for, not for me. 
<laughs> but, but to me, I to me, I'd only ever seen the original Halloween and oh, okay. Rob's and and Rob Zombie's version. Sure. So like, I was never like a Michael Myers fan. So right, right, right. It didn't really resonate with me. Whereas like, I was like, okay, Scream, not the greatest movie ever, but it did at least have, it did smart things. Yeah, where it did. Right. Like Texas Chainsaw, I was watching it. I was watching it. I was watching it, and I was just like, hmm. And none of these characters are likable at all. And yeah, then right. one character, one character was a little bit likable. Right. And then right. they died immediately. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and then I was like, okay, cool. So this movie is just, <laughs> this movie is meant to literally be the name of the movie. And yep. you know what? I get it. Like, yeah, it's I a saw category. A tweet. It like, so, right. Yeah. It, sometimes a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about a massacre in Texas with a chainsaw. <laughs> right. And that's it. But, you know, at least put some sort of character arc in there yes. so that we that we know something about the characters. We're not just watching bodies and blood. Right. And they tried, and I know this is almost like we're we're focusing on this too much, probably, but it's just a, a last thing to say. I mean, one, I guess you would almost call her the second main character, technically. Maybe you would, you know, call the sisters in the movie the main characters. So the younger one, they they try and make it topical by saying she survived a school shooting. Right. And she's right. going to do great things with her life, blah, blah. They never used anything from that school shooting to have her be a survivor type person. Like, nope. you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to set the background up that she survived a school shooting, maybe there should be a reason why she survived and that she uses that knowledge or she's not afraid of a huge uh, fucking chainsaw wielding maniac. You know what I mean? Like there has to be right. some reason why you set up that story instead of the shock value of saying, "Oh, she survived a school shooting." So yeah, the last yeah the my last two things I'll say is I agree with you on that. Is that like the only thing they did with the whole school shooting thing was that it's like a double traumatization for yes. her instead right. of like she came out on top. And on top of that. They like bastardized the final scene of the first one. Oh, I yeah. having I having her right away in a self-driving fucking Tesla. I know, right? That was so ridiculous. <laughs> I wanted to. Oh, my God. But all right. We got to stop talking about these bad movie. movies. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about Train to Busan. So uh, I think because we've been talking and, and kind of just, you know, basically telling people why we love horror movies and why we hate them sometimes. I don't want to go scene by scene for this movie because it would just take us two hours to do because this movie is almost two hours long to be able to do that. So right. let's let's start with a couple issues and we'll do positives and we'll just kind of go back and forth with that. I think that's the way to go. So I want that to start off. By, okay, good. I want to start off by saying if you talk about the time, that 158, I would have shaved this movie down a little bit. And I would have started by not having that opening scene whatsoever. I know they wanted to show people their CGI that they're able to bring back the animal, right? And they're, right. it was a deer, right? I think. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the guy hits the deer and then, the, you know, he drives away and then the deer kind of puts itself back together and jumps off. And you're supposed to be like, oh, okay, I, I see what they're doing here. I would get rid of all of that. Because none of that plays a part in the movie whatsoever. It's just they wanted to show off a little bit. 
Yeah, it was it was essentially fan service CGI, and I think if they wanted to do that, they could have just done it very a lot quick. I agree, they could have done it a lot quicker. Yeah, I mean, they could have instead of having, I mean, a dude drive up, get stopped, hit the hit the deer, him stop, him drive away, then the deer get, like instead of all that happening, they literally could have had just like a scene that's like 10 seconds long right of like a hunter shooting a deer and then it getting back up and yeah. you're done like it, later on later on in the movie when they're when they're showing the news footage and they've got like the mm-hmm. youtube and I actually this is a part that i that i specifically enjoyed when they show the skateboarders you know someone's taking a video they put on the news and their skateboarders skateboarding around a uh, a dry uh, sorry a uh, parking lot you see they they pan up and you see zombies on the helicopters that are that are flying by, yep. and then all of a sudden the zombies all drop to the ground, and they're not dead, and they just start running after the skateboarders. Put that, you know, with the deer. However, you want to do that deer scene. Put that in with those bunches of footage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's the way to do that, in my opinion. No, that that's a yeah, that's a good. Again, that's just an, another example. You know, hey. Just, Taking something and shifting it slightly could yeah. make it that much better. Right. Um, I so agree. yeah, I yeah the 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 runtime is a bit it's a bit long. I would I would say it could be cut down by bra maybe fifteen minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think that's a good time. Yeah. I, I there was a lot of um, pondering scenes where there were a lot of. And I understand that there's got to be drama and there's got to be emotion and mm-hmm. you can do that, but that doesn't mean every scene where you're lingering on someone has to be two minutes long. So, so I mean, you know, when people are getting eaten around you and you're like freaking out, you know, have that be 15 seconds instead of 45, you know? Right. And that that adds up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Totally, totally agree. We start the movie. I think the movie was started well besides that. And that's fine. It is what it is. But I think they established the relationship between the father and the daughter very well. I don't think the guy is a bad guy. He he's trying to work hard for his family. He's going through a divorce, so that's that's tough on everybody. And he does it's not that his I thought the little things in this movie, I'm sure you picked up on it. The little things is it wasn't the assistant that told him it was his daughter's birthday. Right. He asked the guy because the guy seemed younger, you know, what what are kids into these days? And then he bought what that guy told him. So there is a big difference between who asks or who tells that question so or that mm-hmm. answer. So I, I appreciated that. Now, obviously, he got a toy that he had already gotten, a Wii that, he, that she had already gotten. But right. at least he tried. You know what I mean? He's not a bad father necessarily, but he's a workaholic, kind of neglectful right. father. Agreed. So yeah, he it's small things like that where, you know, a small child like her, who I think she's supposed to be six or seven, sure. Um, somewhere in that age range, she's not gonna understand things like this. But um, you know, he he is trying, but at the same time, he's almost got like a tunnel vision type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where his, his company or his cause I forget what position he had, isn't he a uh, hedge fund hedge fund, hedge fund manager, yep. yeah. Yep. So he, you know, he's kind of always looking to make money, but at the same time, he does at least try for his family. And you're right, he is going through a divorce. Um, but the it the small details like him 
like he did try for his daughter so he tried to do something nice for his daughter but with such bad tunnel vision he got her the same exact thing that it looked like in the scene she hadn't even opened from last year right basically yeah it was something that she didn't even care about in the first place really and he got it for her again so i mean it shows that he's trying but even in his attempts at trying he's not um actually receiving the the input that would be given back to him you know uh He's just in one ear and out the other and then back to work. And that's what his his mother basically says the same thing to him. You know, she's she's noticing that the daughter really wants her mom and that she's not happy in the situation where he's working such late hours. And then they get to the part. And this is this is a part that I enjoyed that I a lot of movies, especially in horror movies, they like to set up something but not really have the payoff correct to it. And I thought the setting up the daughter's recital where she couldn't sing the song, mm-hmm. I thought that was well done because you see that in three parts, right? You see at the beginning that he didn't show up to the recital. Then later on, she tells him why, you know, he ends up seeing the video and seeing that she chokes, basically. She can't, you know, she gets made fun of by her classmates because she can't finish the song. Then later on, you find out why, which is, you know, the song was for him. And, you know, once she saw that he wasn't there, she couldn't finish the song. And then later on at the end of the movie, it ends up saving her life. And Literally, I, like not even figuratively. Right, exactly. Completely. Even though what a terrible idea that would have been in any other situation. Right. Just... That's that's what I was thinking rewatching it today. I was just like, oh, my God, if that wasn't a safe area, they'd both be dead so quick. Exactly. Oh, Lord. Yep. But they were so burnt out by that time, too, that the woman, I don't think they cared. Yeah, the woman wasn't going to care. She, you know, obviously, the daughter is devastated. Mm-hmm. But luckily, it, you know, that ends up paying off her paying homage to the father ends up paying off for both of them at the end. So it's just that's the kind of shit that I really enjoy. And it's very rare that that kind of stuff is kept throughout a movie without the thread being dropped. Yeah, and I can actually only, there's only one other movie that I can think of that does something similar to that, mm-hmm. um, where like the thread isn't dropped the entire, like it's set up and it's kind of, I've talked about in the middle and then it's dropped, it not dropped, but then it's like, boom, at the end. And that's, funnily enough, it's another train movie. Have you seen Snowpiercer? Yes. Yes, I have. Yep. Well, the whole setup of who's sending the notes back to the back of the train. Right. That. That's kind of set up in the not in the same way, but it it has the same structure of it's set up in the beginning. It's brought up in the middle and then the payoff is in the end. Exactly. And it's not and it's cohesive throughout. And to be able to do that without dropping any, you know, without pulling any plot holes, Mm -hmm. nothing happening like that. That's that's really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and now, by the way, wasn't. Wasn't Snowpiercer Piercer directed by someone from South Korea? I know that I think I think you're correct. Um, I have IMDb up here right now. Yeah, so go I ahead and check it up. Because um, I could have sworn Snowpiercer. Yep, it was directed by Bong Joon Ho. Yes, there we go. And he did Parasite, right? Yes, he did. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's nice. I I like, and that's and that actually leads perfectly into a next positive for me, especially with the zombie fatigue that I had. You know, especially back in in 2016, 
the idea of having zombies on a train was way more endearing for me than having just the basic warehouse or mall or whatever it happened to be. The train idea, I think, worked very well for what they were trying to do, where you could have the slow parts that you needed, but then you could also have that kind of claustrophobic feeling as well. Plus, it's oh, a it was brilliant. Yeah, and it's it's maintained you're in a certain area. It's a contained story. You get to put on the news and you can see what's happening in the world, but your whole world at, at that time is that train. So it's a finite distance. Yep. And I enjoyed that part of it as well. I thought that was perfect, especially for the time and to get people interested. I really enjoyed that. I remember you said because I don't want to I don't want to take your moment here. You had talked sure. about the moment where you knew you loved this movie comes from the train as- aspect of it. So do you want to go into that? Well, so like, okay. So I had seen Snowpiercer, I believe before I had seen this. Right. So yeah. I, I knew I had already kind of liked the train aspect of things. And mm-hmm. then once this came out <clears throat> and sorry, uh, once this came out and I started watching it, I was fine with the subtitles. I, I was cool. I, and I was like, okay, they're going to get on a train and they're going to get to Busan and it's going to be, you know, a ravaged city. Right. That's sure. that's what I'm thinking in my head going into this movie. Right. Um, or at least, you know, back in 2016, I think that's what I'm thinking. Um, and they get on the train and I'm watching and they pretty much never get off the train. And there was a part on the train that made me the part that you're talking about me mentioning that I realized that I love this movie mm-hmm. and that it really did divert and change some of the tropes um, was when it closed the door on the train mm-hmm. and it's a sliding door with a handle um, that uh, doesn't go up and down. It goes side to side. Right. right. Yep. Um, and so it's really easy to open as long as you catch it at the right angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're holding the door shut and the zombies are trying to get through. And I forget which character notices it. I think it's the main character, but yes, it is kind of, he, he steps back and he stops holding the door and ev- everyone, he looks at everyone and he says, back up, stop holding it. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And he says, stop. I don't think they know how to use the yes, door. Right, right. So they all stop holding the door shut. And sure enough, he was right there. Mm-hmm. They just see the humans on the other side of the glass door and they're just trying to break through the glass. Right. They're not smart whatsoever. And the thing that made me love it was when they started putting what they did was they wet some newspaper and they started putting it against the glass. And yes. as soon as the zombies could not see them, the zombies went docile. Right. And that I thought was one of the most brilliant moves I'd ever seen in any zombie movie, period. Well, the, and that was yeah. when I was like, I'm on board. This is dope. Well, the smart part about it was they set up rules. And what's kind of funny, at least for me, and I don't know if this applies to you or not, but even though I do not like rules in general society, which I know it sounds pretty weird, I, I, I prefer anarchy, but in horror movies in general, the best horror movies have rules to them. Well, Scream is the best horror movie. Yeah, that's I, I agree. So, and I'm a huge fan, as you know. So, it's one of those things where I appreciate that what they did in that moment is they set up a rule. Now you know 
that zombies are not going to be able to force themselves through the doors. Or, I mean, they could break the glass in some other instance and stuff like that. But in general, they're not going to open doors. And if they can't see you or see any humans, they are going to be docile. That's what I like. If they had mistakenly opened up a, opened up a door, that would have broken the rule. Right. And later on, they use that to their advantage when they realize that darkness also affects them. Yep. So when they go through the tunnels, they have the chance to actually move through. Like the zombies aren't smelling. They're not smelling them. And other other zombie movies have gone off a of smell. Yes, they have. Yeah. And at times, that that's pretty smart, too. If you cover yourself with blood. And, you know, sorry, if you cover yourself with dead smell or whatever, and you go yeah. out among the zombies, like that's, that's when you first see that you're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. That's different. Now, now it's been used a million fucking times, but right. for this movie, they kept with the rule that if the zombie can't see you, he's not going to smell you. I mean, they can hear for sure. So if you make a bunch of noise, they're going to think that something is there and they're going to go towards it. But in general, you can walk past a zombie as long as you're not making noise. And you don't push him around. They're not going to see you. And that's a great rule to have in your film, especially if you don't break it. And they didn't break it. So it gives your characters some room to breathe. And you know that their story can go around that trope, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's so hard to not break those rules. I mean, right. uh, they they set up a rule without, you know, doing the scream thing of, oh, this is a rule, um, which is what, you know, most horror movies will do. Like, you know, Friday 13th, their rule was, it, you know, if you have sex, you're dead. Right. That's the Friday 13th he's coming, thing. He's coming for you. That's the rule, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So um, the fact that, and then when they went through the dark tunnel, they they went up on top where the um, luggage was stored, mm -hmm. and then they made it to the end, and they met a, I, I don't remember what the problem was at the end. I don't, I think they couldn't get the door open, or they couldn't get down because there was a zombie in the way, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so they use the darkness in combination with the lack of scent and the attraction to sound mm -hmm. to get out of there. Like all those things put together is just like a masterclass yep. at work. Like they use the cell phone. The fact, yeah, I, that would, yeah, I think, yeah, it was the, they the use, they use two, two different things at two different times. Yes, Cause yes. I know. Right. One time they used a cell phone. I thought in the dark tunnel scene is when he threw the duffel bag. I think that's when they realized. Yeah, I think that's when they realized. And then there was a time that they got stuck. And then I believe it was a soda can. Or he, I think the homeless guy stepped on like a soda can or something. And then that alerted all the zombies. So they knew they had to run. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that that obviously working all those variables together worked well. The other thing that they established early on too is you had a mix basically. You had a mix of slow and fast zombies. So I'm I'm okay with that mix. And the other thing too is they kind of established that if you had an insignificant bite or maybe maybe insignificant is the wrong way. But if you had just one bite that was in a part of your body that was not like your neck, it was going to take a little bit of time for you to turn. Yeah, they actually put thought into how long it was going to take each person to turn where right. like uh, um, Mr. Hero Man is what I call him. I, <laughs> I, I don't remember his actual I'm name. I'm so bad the, with the, the names. Husband, yeah. 
<laughs> right, the husband of the of the pregnant wife in the movie. Yes, uh, Don Don Lee. Yeah, by is, the way, who was in the Eternals or Eternals or oh, whatever. Yeah, interesting. He absolute badass in yes. the movie. He, uh, I mean, when he gets uh, unfortunately, but um, right, he's holding the door against fucking like eight thousand damn zombies, right, right. and then gets bit somewhere on the forearm or on the hand it's on the hand i believe yeah on the hand yep. yeah and then because yeah his forearms are wrapped and then he gets bit on the hand yep. and then he still he tells our main character to go with his wife and they you know do and he fights off like a badass like right. 30 more zombies while after being bit yeah and he's fighting off the he infection starts to turn yeah. Yeah, and he starts to turn, and he still is able to fight it. Yeah, you gotta and love that. That kind of shit's so great. Yeah, and then you know the people that got you know bit up on their chest or got torn to shreds really quick, they turned like like at the drop of a hat. Exactly. So. Yep. And that's another that rule. Brilliant. Yeah, that's another thing that worked out very very well. I think in the movie because when you when you first are on the train, you're thinking everything's fine, whatever. You know that there's been a leak at the at the bio plant or whatever. You know that the zombie virus is out there because you also saw the deer, so you know it's out farther than the actual city itself. But then you have the the woman or young woman, whatever, who stumbles onto the train who has been bit. But it's taking her a while to change. So, and that's because she was she was bit on the leg. So it takes a little bit. Now, was she very selfish by trying to get on the train? Of course. But who at that time really knows what's happening? Now, that's that's another in the future with whatever zombie movies come out. I really hope to be past the whole. I don't understand what's going on. Oh my god, people are biting people. Well, I'm just gonna stand around like a fucking idiot. Like I, I'm, yeah, I really, yeah. I really hope that ends because I'm tired of people acting like they've never heard of a zombie right. in a zombie movie. Right. I am with you as well. I, look, I will say in this movie, they don't say the word zombie once, so they've created a universe where this isn't a known entity. No one's bringing up, you know, movies. They're not saying, "Oh, I saw this where this happened." Like even in um, all of us are dead. In the very first episode or the second episode, you know, they they make reference to zombies. So they should know better. As soon as right. people, as soon as people start biting people, there shouldn't be any like I understand people would probably, some would be in shock for sure. But in most cases, you gotta be like, I have to get the fuck out of here and I have to protect myself. There's no screaming and putting your hands up to just like shield yourself. You should know better by now. And I think I think any movie that continues to do the trope of we've never seen this before and we don't know what the deal is just so they can get the whole scenes of people jumping on people and eating them. We've seen that a million times and we don't need it anymore. I agree. I don't think I, I don't think doing it again. It's like doing the same origin story over yes. and over and over again. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to see how Wolverine became Wolverine seventy-two times. Right. I've seen it. I, yep. I. Right. Right. I want to see new things. Yeah, you can retread some things occasionally, but like if I'm watching the same movie over and over, I'm gonna stop watching your shit because right. it's not interesting and it's not new. Right. Um, that's been the issue with a lot of horror movies. Oh, for sure. 
I don't think that that's a a reason not to watch this movie for sure. I think they still do it well. You know, the whole scene at the beginning where everyone starts getting infected and there you you have to show in the train area that that basically means you're fucked unless you're on one of the opposite sides of something. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. you got to lock yourself in the bathroom or you have to completely shut a, a door and block off everything. So what they do basically is they now have the different areas of survivors and then they have the different, you know, trailers or compartments full of zombies. So, yep. you know, I it's it's okay. It works and then the the rest of the the plot basically is they're making it to different areas that they don't know if they're shut down or not. And then they have that major scene where they get off the train and, you know, one of his hedge fund, one of the father's hedge fund buddies uh, is saying, hey, I've got guys there. You can go ahead and, and meet them. And when they try and do that, and that's the thing, too, it's once again, it's a trope of the military never knows how to deal with zombies. Right. So anytime that they say you're going to be safe, you're never safe. No. So that whole time you're walking around and that's. That was what I would say that would be a little bit more of a downfall for me on this on this part of the movie that I don't like. Yeah. I know. You know what I mean? Like when when everyone. So I'm not talking about when he's trying to leave to go, you know, to the other side of the of the train station. But when everyone else who has seen exactly what these zombies do, they're not, you know, fresh face. They're not whatever. They know what they're capable of. They're coming down the stairs and no one is paying attention. Nope. No one is like, oh, yeah, there could be zombies anywhere. They just all of a sudden think, oh, yeah, no, we're completely safe. And then as soon as they even see the army people running at them, it hasn't registered in their heads that they are not safe. That was a little weird for me because you cut out over half the survivors probably from that train station. Yep. Those the the military zombies. I mean, that whole scene where and what I like about that is that. We were talking about it being in a contained location. What I like about them getting off the train and all that is that they still keep it in one confined location. Yes, yes they get off the train mm -hmm. and they get on to another train. I think there's three trains there's in three total trains. that they get on. <laughs> yeah. But the whole time it's in uh, it's in at least, you know, a confined space. You right. know, whether they're on the train, they're in the train station or in the train yard that's surrounded by wrecked trains. Yeah. They're confined, like, until literally the very, very end of the movie where the two are safe. Yes, exactly, exactly. Now, I will say another thing that, that I enjoyed a lot, I like the arcs of certain characters, and I think you have, I would say you have two main arcs, right? I think you have the arc of the father and the daughter, yep. and you have the arc of the father and Don Lee, you know, the, the husband. Yeah, the the friend arc. Yeah, yeah, because they don't they don't necessarily become best buddies or anything, but it's one of those things where they they have a mutual respect for each other by the end. Yep. That's that's always a good like I I'm all for that kind of trope. I enjoy that at, at first. Don Lee thinks that, you know, he he almost had them killed because he shut the door in their face. If you want to think very technically and logically, the father was all in his right like he he had the right to do what he did because he was saving everyone else. He did not know that those two were going to make it, right? But you look right. like an asshole when you do yeah. something like that. It's it's technically the smart thing to do, but you look like an asshole because they were able to make it and there was plenty of time to close the door. So, right. you know, that's that's what first instigates 
their their whole thing. And then you find out Don Lee doesn't like hedge fund managers because of, you know, the type of business they run and stuff like that. But you get to that point where the father starts really acting like a father because for a long time during the movie, he is still in that selfish, neglectful way. The amount of times he leaves his daughter to go do other things. Yeah, it's crazy. ridiculous. Yes. But during the movie, you see him. And once again, I know you look at the little things. There, there are so many points as the movie goes on that he starts being more protective of her. And it's a slow burn. It's mm-hmm. not just all of a sudden he becomes father of the year. No, yeah. That's good because that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not how real life works. That's not how people go. Exactly. So to see him take more protective positions, like instead of before where he might grab her, but it, she would be in front of him, technically, he then starts to put her behind him. Right. Little things like that is what I love about movies like this is when you can see that stuff happen. So I, I would say unless unless you can think of anything else, I think those are the two big character arcs because, the you know, the businessman doesn't get better. No, yeah. He doesn't change. There, He's there bad. needs to be yeah. change for an arc. And I don't think anybody else changed because the businessman was bad the whole time. The yep. baseball team were just pretty decent people the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, and so... I mean, and the sisters were just kind of characters. They didn't really have an arc. So, right. yeah, I, I would agree that those were really the only two really arcs in the storyline. Right. Because, um, I mean, we've already spoiled oh, yeah. other it's, shit. So Everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. I mean, yeah. With <laughs> I mean, he couldn't really have an arc with his mom. His mom fucking died. So. Right. Um, and you never and see then, the wife. You never see the and wife. Yeah. And, and yeah, you never see him. Yeah. You never see the wife once so honestly what i would pre- i i honestly would like to see peninsula have not seen peninsula. oh you haven't okay i won't ruin that no i have not okay um but i mean you absolutely you can because honestly i have the world's worst memory um <laughs> and like i like i won't remember like no, what no, i just... ate yesterday like it's <laughs> i'm not even kidding <laughs> all you have to know is peninsula is a standalone movie so it's you know okay yeah See, like what I would what I would say that this is where I come in and say, oh, well, a horror fan would do a good job directing a horror movie as long as, you know, they had directing um, ability expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that like to carry that story forward? I mean, yeah, the that uh, that little girl has her mom in Busan who wants that little girl with her. Sure. But I mean, what, what real efforts has that mom made for the kid? Right. Right. She could be going towards the train station herself. Right. So what I, I think a cool, like, like for Peninsula would have been like a cool, um, arc, I guess you could say would be like the kid, the child adopting, uh, Lee's wife as like her new mom, because she had been with her through that trauma and all that. Right. Um, and then she'd have like a new baby brother, I think. Just, uh, I think yeah, it was, was a boy. It, I yeah, I think it might have been a boy because they just calling it calling it Sleepy. Yeah, yeah. And I think they, <laughs> yeah, I think they said the name too. You know what? Was... I don't. I might be wrong about this. I thought they didn't say the name. I thought it was almost like an understanding between each other. I think you might be right, but I I could have swore that I got that they were going to name their child after the main character. 
that's what I got from it, but like I possibly or whatever his name was. Yeah. That that's a possibility. But yeah, even that scene is great because if I think if he had yelled out a name or something like that, that would have been kind of tacky. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Yeah, so to have that little understanding between the two of them, I, I like that a lot better. But yeah, I mean, what what ends up happening is as the movie goes on, you start losing characters. We know that. And at the end, you've got the, the quote-unquote good characters, and then you've got the characters that have been tainted by the businessman. And what what do they always say about horror movies, especially zombie movies? It's It's not necessarily always the monster that you have to worry about it's how humans react to the monster right right? so humans always end up being the the bad guys in zombie movies and stuff because they don't know how to handle themselves so the businessman has you know changed the minds or, or made everyone completely concerned that everyone's infected and that was a shitty see and that that scene is good because he is played off of the fear of all those people where all of them by now should know that there is no way that the father is infected. Right. That's that was going to be one of my detractors was how how people react to this businessman. Yeah, right. is is very. um Not realistic, unrealistic, I guess you could say, because it um everyone like almost immediately is like uh yeah yeah let's just screw these people everyone like it's just automatically fear. yeah it's it's and, fear that's that's what it is and fear is one of our strongest emotions but sure. i i can't see like almost anyone like just giving up random people's especially that many random people's lives cuz he's he did it to like seven so or eight many. people yeah so many people um, um so like, I just can't see how someone could go along with, like, the train, not the conductor, but the train manager guy. Yeah, right, right. I, he went along with it, too. And I was just like, dude, you have seen everything that we have seen. How can you think that any of these people are infected? So what I what I want to say now, maybe this is because of us and our culture. I do think in Korea, culture and or in their culture, and I could be wrong about this, so I'm just going to say allegedly maybe or something, but I do think a lot of hierarchy has to do with how wealthy and how much power you have. Right. So technically, even though the father is a hedge fund manager, which isn't a bad job by any means, the CEO guy, you know, he's he's mentioned it multiple times in the movie that he's either the COO or the C- CEO of- uh, I think of he's a- yeah, yeah he's on. a C. I think he's a C. I want to say C O O or yeah. C F O. C F O. Maybe I knew yeah. it. I I think he's a C F O because I knew it wasn't C E O because yeah. I was waiting for him to say C E O, but he okay. didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's still up there. So I knew it was one of the other two. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the big three. I mean, exactly. So I would say that it's possible that they're still playing by the rules of normal society, where that would be the guy that you trust. And that you follow. Uh, I see what you're saying. And basically, he is saying things to protect them, right? He's protecting himself, but technically, it would apply to them as well. So they think they're going to be safe with this person who knows what they're supposed to be talking about because they're a CFO. 
right. of a major corporation. So that would be the only thing that I would say for that. But yeah, it is it's very disappointing all the time when you see that in in horror movies in zombie movies where you're just like, "Come on, guys. You know the best thing that the smartest thing for you to do is to stay together." Right. That that's the safest way to be. And they were so stupid to try and lock them in that one area without paying attention to the other area. Yep. That's that's <laughs> that was brilliant filmmaking. I mean, they spent so much time locking them out that they locked themselves in. Yes. And it ended up causing all of their deaths and yep. you know, all I can say to that is karma's a bitch. Exactly. You can't you can't help but laugh at that scene because you're like you know it's going to happen and it was the sister, yep. you know, the the older sister going to or sorry, it was the the older sister had to see the youngest sister die because of what the CFO had done, hadn't let them in quick enough. Yep. So the sister dies, and then now that sister's like, well, what do I have to live? Fuck all these people. Look at look at how horrible they were to everybody else who had to leave. I'm going to fuck them. And that's what she right. did. Yep, she's like, fuck it. I mean... I'm I'm 900 years old. My sister's <laughs> dead. I mean, these people are assholes, and the uh, the people that aren't assholes are safe. So fuck yep. it, let's kill the assholes. Yep. I mean, that's what she does. Yep. And you know what? That was the most boss bitch move she could have made. Oh honestly. yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. And that only left then two survivors, which was the CFO and the train guy, the staff of the of the train, whatever. You- yep train operator maybe or something. So they're the only ones left. You've got the the ragtag bunch of different people that have all come together to help each other. You've got the father, the daughter, the pregnant woman, the teenager, and the cheerleader from the baseball team. I think she's a cheerleader in that. And then you've also got the homeless guy. Yep. And I think that that rounds up everybody. Yeah, that's everyone. And the train conductor who's driving the train. Yeah, but he's kind of in the front, and he he doesn't really show up show no. up till the end. No, and absolutely he, uh, right. CFO, Mister Man, <laughs> fucks him too. Yes, a- absolutely. So what ends up happening towards that end part? Now, this I probably would have changed as well. I I thought that this went on a little bit too long because I think they just wanted to use their CGI budget. So they have yeah. the, you know they have the train that's on fire. And they need to switch trains. I think it would have been much better to not switch trains and just have whatever happens in Busan's train station. I think that would have been a better, personally, I think it would have been a better way to do it. But they switch trains and the CFO ends up costing, he, he throws the uh, train operator to his death to to get out. Then, Which is such a stupid move. I mean, who else is going to drive the train? I mean, like... Are you a train conductor? Well, wait, wait, CFO? sorry. I, you skipped ahead. I'm talking about the train operator, who the guy in the blue. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the train. Yeah, yeah, my bad. So he throws he throws him aside and he gets out. Then he ends up costing the life of the cheerleader. Oh, yeah. And then I, I hate this. It's just something I'll always hate. I know they were dating or whatever, and he probably loved her and stuff. But you don't stay around and just let yourself be killed. Like, just... You know, pick up and go. Like, I know it sucks. I, you know, he, he wasn't, that's a son of a bitch for what he did, you know, throwing her to get bit. But why not take your vengeance on that guy instead? Right. Do something different to help other people than to just waste your life 
and and, yeah. die, and die there. Especially being, you know, a high school or, you know, freshly college, you know, baseball player. You're like 18, dude. You're right. you're pro- like dude, you you probably were dating that girl because you thought she was hot. Like yeah. you weren't in love with her. Like right. right. So, and then like and the thing about him throwing her to the zombies and this is getting near the end is like he gets into that second train or through that second train mm-hmm. with time enough to shut the door behind him and not throw her behind him. Right. So right. like the he it's almost like he wants other people to die just because. And, yeah, that, well, he and didn't I didn't like understand her. that aspect. Yeah. Re- well, remember, oh, yeah. he didn't like yeah, her because she, she challenged uh, him. Yeah, she yeah, she didn't like the way he did shit. Right. I forgot about that part. Right. Hey, by the way, Che, you're kind of moving around a little bit. I'm hearing a lot of background noise. Is that better? Yeah, I I mean I'll I'll be able to take out some parts of that for sure. So no no worries there. But yeah, that's that's kind of you know, he challenged her, so or sorry, she challenged him. So I think that's why he was more, you know, it, basically he was in his own mind. He wanted to go home to his mom, his mommy, he was a little baby. Like that's that's what he wanted, and he didn't care who he had to sacrifice to get that. So at that point, then a, a, a train on fire comes by and messes up the hero's, you know, way out. And they get pinned down. And this was just a scene to have a cool scene, I, I would yeah. say. So they're pinned in between two trains. And they they wake up, basically. And it's the homeless guy, the pregnant woman, the father, and the daughter. And they're pinned between these two trains. And when they look up, it's a whole window of zombies that want to break through to get them. And you know it's just a matter of time before their combined weight eventually is going to break that glass. Exactly. Because now they can see them. So they want them. So they're going right. to be trying to, you know, move and create turbulence and all that kind of stuff. So the the dad gets out. He gets the daughter and the pregnant woman out. But at that time, the homeless guy has his his heroism act. And he does very similar to what uh, Don Lee had done, yep. the husband, where he holds back the zombies in order to let them out. And that was, there was no redemption needed for that character, but it just showed that, you know, he's a homeless guy who could be thinking about himself, but he's not, he's thinking of other people. And on top of that, I have two things to add to that. Um, at the beginning, um, you could also count the homeless guy as like sort of a horror movie trope, because in the beginning, he he's like the harbinger. You know yeah, what I'm talking right. about? Yep, yep. Uh, he's talking about how everyone's dead. Right. Um, so he's, you know, your harbinger. And then on top of that, in the scene that you're talking about uh, near the end where um, the father gets the daughter and the pregnant woman out while the homeless man is holding off the zombies from the one side that had broken. Um, that's uh, that's kind of like the second to last step that the father takes in being like a really like stand up dad sure and that in trying to get the pregnant woman and his child out as soon as he starts to do so some sort of boiler or something yes falls falls in in front of him Mm -hmm. something that uh, uh, easily weighs hundreds of pounds right right and is probably very hot on top of that Mm -hmm. um and falls directly where he just crawled out of and so he struggles for a good couple minutes and like to the point where he's probably ripping muscles inside of his arm, like trying to get this thing off. And he does. And that's like 
you know, that's the thing where, you know, being a bad dad, he could have, you know, tried a little bit and then eventually just right. been like, well, I can't get him out and then left. Now he had that superhuman, I got to save my daughter's strength. Yes, he did. And, you know, that was kind of like his second to last step was, you know, I don't give a fuck how long this takes. I'm getting them out of here. And, you know, that was, you know, like you said, part of his arc of being such, you know, uh, uh, not a bad dad, but a a very neglectful dad. And then transforming into like a selfless, like self um, sacrificing loving dad right exactly so yeah that that happens and that's a great heartwarming part you know with the homeless guy as well you know then he gets overwhelmed you don't really see him die but you know you know he's gone right and then you get the part where you see the cfo and you've got the train conductor who's got a brand new train and he tells he had told everyone meet me here i'm gonna get a new train and we're gonna make it to basan so he's riding out there waiting for people to show up and he sees the CFO running away from a bunch of zombies. The CFO twists his ankle and, or breaks his ankle probably. And he's begging for the conductor's help. The conductor uh, unwittingly not realizing what type of person this guy is comes out to help him, then gets thrown himself into the zombies. The CFO leaves him to die and he gets on the train. Now you've got the last three survivors of the good guys, the father, the daughter, and the pregnant woman, they make it onto the train, but they're being chased by hundreds of zombies who jump onto the back of the train and then have a very cool scene. Even though the CGI isn't perfect throughout this movie, they do have some cool scenes, some cool visuals. And this is one of them where the zombies grab onto the back of the train to that caboose and then basically build a bridge of themselves so that other zombies can crawl on top of each other to make it to the actual train itself. So he's kicking down uh, or kicking the hands of the zombies off of the train. And finally he does. And now you're like, well, yay, you know, you know, the CFO is infected. You know, he's on the train somewhere, but you're like, the good guys got it. You know, they're on the train to Busan. They made it away. The zombies now are too far away that they shouldn't be chasing them anyways because they can't smell them and they can't really see them anymore. So, you know, the zombies are going to stay back. But then. Then the CFO. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Now, do you want to would you like to describe this final part? Yeah, yeah, I will. Because I I did just rewatch it uh, today um, right before this because. I will say that scene that you just described is I would I, I would say it does almost kind of like what World War Z did with the wall, yes, um, but sure. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it World War Z did it with like 30,000 times the amount of zombies and there just wasn't enough CGI to make it look any type of convincing. And it just kind of looked dumb. Yeah. In the book, Whereas it's this, good. Yeah. In the book, well, yeah. I'm sure in the book, it's fantastic yeah, but right. as far as like the movie oh went, no I was that like, movie fucking sucks Ooh. um and then um but this final scene is uh essentially you know you think they're safe and all that and finally the partially bitten cfo is in the conductor's room mm-hmm. and as the main character goes up to the conductor's room um he sees that and the um, the CFO opens the door, 
So you you realize, oh, he's not fully infected yet. His eyes are white, so you can tell he's infected and all that, but it, he can still, um, you know, operate. Yeah, he's talking so, about going to see his mom or whatever. Yeah, he goes. he's just complaining about wanting to see his mom, and every viewer watching the movie is like, I don't give a shit, you're a terrible person. <laughs> right. Um, and essentially what happens is a little battle um, between the main character and said uh, CFO um, in which uh, the main character ha- is really smart about the fight. He keeps his forearm under the dude's throat 90% of the fight to keep him from biting him. It's a smart way to go about a zombie film, you know, final sequence, you know, don't have him, you know, trying to grab him by the face or anything like that. Sure. It was going about it smart. Um, then he got, then our main character eventually gets pinned to the floor of the, uh, of the train on the outside and the pregnant woman is holding the child and the child screams for her dad. And when that happens, obviously the CFO hears that gets up from the dad and starts to go after the girl. Right. And when that happens, our main character jumps on our C- the CFO from the back grabs him. And in doing so, I guess I'll give it to him, you know, doing it in protection of your daughter, just doing it on a whim doesn't put his hand in the exact right spot and he does get bit on the hand but being bit on the hand and with that rule being introduced he is able to operate himself for long enough Mm -hmm. to essentially he takes himself to the edge of the of the railing he wraps a hook or or a chain around himself and is holding uh the cfo the zombified cfo and finally throws himself and the CFO off the train, but the chain helps him up. Yes. Well, once that happens, he gets back up onto the train, but obviously he's bit, he's infected and there, there's no coming back from this. And this is, it's an absolutely uh, wrenching scene where he grabs his daughter and he sets his daughter and the, and the pregnant woman in the conductor's seat tells them what to do, you know, what the break is, where to, you know, when to stop and all that. And it's just a beautifully shot scene of, um, it's heart wrenching of him and his daughter. And his daughter is a phenomenal, uh, child actress, um, being able to portray such grief and sadness, um, in one scene, uh, she's screaming, crying, and he's just like, you know, I have to go. And, you know, he leaves eventually. He walks out, and the pregnant woman holds her back as you see the the dad stand on the edge of the uh, the train. And finally, you get to see all these. You see his eyes kind of go white, but as that happens, you see all these happy memories of him with his daughter that we didn't see in the movie. We right. didn't see him being happy with his daughter. We only saw his daughter being upset with him. Sure. So. For him to be able to reminisce upon all those things, and then eventually he just lets himself fall off the edge. I mean, it's at least a, a good and fitting way to at least end his character arc and not have him die a really dumb death. Sure. But right. yeah. holy shit, did that make me want to cry. That oh, actress sure. was phenomenal. Well, I was also kind of, I mean, let's be honest, though. We're sugarcoating a little bit. It is the daughter's fault. If she had shut her mouth... <laughs> And then yeah, he, yeah. He could have fought, and she, and then the guy wouldn't have gone after her. So it is completely her fault that her father is dead. That it that is, is it for is for sure. 
but just, you know, taking the logistics out of it. That is, it is a very heart-wrenching scene because, yeah, that that girl is screaming and crying and wants her dad and and the connection there is is so vivid and, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. So to see, but it is a cool way for him, his last moments in life are protecting the daughter, protecting the pregnant woman, and having those last memories of his daughter when she was born. And that's how his character ends. That's a character arc right there. Yeah. The bi- uh, I forgot that one of, the, one of the big things about that scene is that she is specifically saying, I want you, that yes. I want you to stay, stay with me. I want right. you with me. Because stay she had mentioned me. that before. Right. And she and she had been mentioning the entire movie how she didn't want to be with him and how she wanted to be staying with her mother. And then that scene kind of flipped the entire and that, you know, that's, you know, the completion of the character arc right right there. And sometimes I think some of the best movies are movies where you want a happy ending, but, you know, a happy ending isn't realistic. Right. This this is one of those times where it was such a simple thing. They, the three of them should have made it out, but that wasn't in the cards for the dad. It just wasn't Yep. as much as you wanted him to survive that it actually makes it a better movie to have him not survive. Yeah. Cause if, if he, if he does survive, you know, there's no guarantee that he, uh, completes his arc necessarily. Right. Right. Of course he's got, you know, he loves his daughter, all that kind of stuff. We know that he always loved his daughter. He just didn't show it the way that he was supposed to. So it got through to him. He saves two people or three people, technically, if you want to count, you know, the unborn child, the unborn child. Yeah. So now you're left with the pregnant woman and the daughter, the train comes to a stop outside of Busan and they walk out, they go through a tunnel and you cut to an area where there are um, military people with a sniper and they're, you know, they're looking for survivors but they see two people in this in this dark tunnel basically shambling. There's no way to see if they've been infected, but they're also not really walking necessarily like humans would be walking because of everything they've been going through. You've got a pregnant woman and you've got a little kid who just went through hell, right? So right. they're not really talking to each other, but then right before the kill order is made to to take him out, she starts singing the song that she was supposed to sing in the pageant, in the school pageant or whatever, for her dad. And she's breaking as she's singing because she's so sad. And the pregnant woman is too tired to tell her to stop or be quiet or anything like that. But they hear it, the military, and cease fire. They they make sure that they don't shoot. But that's the end of the movie right there is at least the two of them made it to partial safety, let's say. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie right there. Black frame right there. Black frame. So, yeah, I I highly recommend that people watch this if they haven't. I would also say if you're in the movie for a zombie movie and you haven't seen this movie in a while, go ahead and watch it again. Like, I, I watched it again to prepare for the show. Uh, I know you did as well. And it, it doesn't get boring. You know what I mean? It's it's a nice viewing again. And especially if you look for the little things that make the movie relatable and logical and interesting, that's really the way to go with a movie like this. 
Yes, I I couldn't agree more. I think it's got rewatchability. I think it's got original, you know, to characters to the point, and I think it's got fantastic character arcs. And honestly, I I can't think of a better zombie. I can think of zombie movies that are equivalent, but I I can't think of a better zombie movie off the top of my head. I love 28 Days Later. I yep. love, uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead, all sure. that. I just, I can't think of a better one. Right. I think, and also, I think there are different genres of, of zombie movies, right? So, like, we talked about the comedy portion. Yeah, there's comedy. Yeah. Yep. This is this is a straightforward, interesting zombie movie. And you're right. I find it hard. I mean, I'm sure people are yelling at their fucking podcast listening device right now saying <laughs> zombie movies that we're not talking about. But I think you can make right. a case for a lot of different zombie movies of parts of it that are good, you know, and things that you like about them. But as a whole all around movie and one that's not comedy based. I, this has to be at the top of your list. It can be tied with something else, but I don't think there's anything in this movie that holds it back from being something interesting. And that's kind of why I worry. I'm sure you've read this too. I, I try to stay away from this stuff, but the rumor is that they are remaking this in English. I know, and I, I don't I will say, because we even mentioned this, I think the remake of Dawn of, of, Dawn of the Dead is a very, very good remake. But that is so incredibly far, few and far between, especially when it comes to any horror movies or anything. I hate reboots. I hate sequels in most cases. I hate requels. I hate all of that kind of stuff in most cases. So I can't see that why you would take a great movie and just because it's not in English, remake it and call it Train to New York or Last Train to New York or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't care enough to see this and i don't see even with the little bits of improvements we've talked about they're not gonna do that no as i've mentioned I, it's an it's americans making a film for americans that didn't want to read the subtitles of the first movie right. so it's really just a cash grab that's yeah, all exactly. it is and right now i'm not even sure that anyone besides people that love train to busan why anyone would go see like i think zombies are over i don't I think, think they are too <laughs> i don't think it's something that's going to draw people to theaters i i just i don't see it unless they have a really good writer involved unless they i i just don't see how it would be interesting enough to people besides the marks out there and the rubes that are like oh it's a you know it's based on this so i have to see it i i don't get that from i i don't right. understand that mentality I, I would rather not give something money so that maybe they think better of it and they don't try and remake it again. Yeah, I'd rather them put their time and effort into making something that is worth watching as opposed to just pumping out shit for us to watch that we don't enjoy and then expecting us to pay money for yeah, it. Yeah, get some originality. I, I'm sick of all the everything's the exact same thing over and over again. So that's just a, you know, that's a word for people. It'd probably be a couple of years, I would think, till it even came out. If it does, it, it might not, it might get scrapped. I, I, I don't Let's know. Let's hope it does. Yeah. But now I will be interested. So just, you know, we mentioned at the end or sorry, at the beginning, there is a direct sequel to this, but 
it's a standalone sequel. So it takes place, uh, I want to say, a couple years after the events of, of Train to Busan. It's called Peninsula or Train to Busan, Busan Peninsula or whatever. So feel free to look it up. It's not a terrible movie by any means. I would say it's a pretty average zombie movie, but it focuses more on uh, of way different characters. It's a completely different type of arcing storyline than this was. And it's, it takes place over a wider range of, of environment. So it doesn't have anything to do with a train. It doesn't, you know, none of that kind of stuff. So I would say give it a watch. I'd be interested to hear your opinion, Che, on it when, when you get a chance to do it. But I it's, will. Yeah, it's not just a huge. I'm not like, oh, man, you got to see this. Oh, we got to talk about this. Train to Busan was the movie to talk about. That's that's the yeah, reason. for sure. For sure. Now, I want to ask you because we're getting to an hour and a half, and that's normally a pretty good when it comes to movies, a good yeah. place to end. Is there anything that I missed? Is there anything that you wanted to mention about the movie that we didn't get a chance to? No, honestly, you hit everything and everything that I thought of and then a couple things hit me during it that I said and sure. honestly I got everything that I wanted to say out as long as you did. Yeah. Well, here's here's a question then since it's towards the end. Now, do you have anything that you want to plug? Do you want to plug your Twitter? Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with people? Um, yeah, I'll plug my Twitter, just my Twitter though cuz sure. I'll probably be promoting um some of my girlfriend's music and okay. some other horror related stuff. Sure. Um the future and that's just my name it's at chase c-h-a-y underscore parker p-a-r-k-e-r nice and i will make sure i'll have a link in the description of the episode so that people will be able to easily get that as well so there is a fun thing so we're gonna i'll turn off the recorders so stay on the line we'll we'll continue talking a little bit but i normally do a little thing at the end do you have any final words for everyone everyone needs to give horror more shots and stop criticizing everything about every horror movie that you watch sure at least give more horror movies a chance that's what i will say that's not a bad way to be not a bad way to be at all well look i had fun doing this i think we could definitely pick another movie at another time to do for the show i think you did a very this is a very good job for your first podcast man i appreciate it um did you say you're about to turn the recorder off yeah well we'll do so those were your final words. I'll do my final words and then we'll talk off air. But I just want to mention okay. to everyone, I think you did a good job. So I appreciate it. For sure, we'll most likely do this again in the future. So please, everyone, feel free. Give us your feedback of how you like the episode, how you like the dynamics and all that kind of stuff. That's always a fun thing to do. So I will leave everyone as well the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>